0: The Heat were without Jimmy Butler while Julius Randle returned to action for the Knicks and Miami responded with one of their gutsiest games of the season. But without their closer in the lineup, were beaten late in the fourth quarter despite a big night from several role players. Have the Knicks retaken momentum in the series or can Miami hold their head up high after the loss? We break down the game, what went right and wrong, and answer your questions on today's playoff edition of Locked on Heat.
1: You are locked on heat. Your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Wes Goldberg, here with David DeMille. However you might be tuning in on YouTube, Odyssey, or your favorite podcast app, thanks so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Uh, with Jimmy Butler sideline with a sprained right ankle, the Miami Heat lost to the Knicks 111-105 in Game 2 on Tuesday night. The Heat got contributions from Kayla Martin, Gabe Vincent, Max Drews, Bam Adebayo, all of them scoring double digits. But they did struggle to close this one with their star player uh, benched on the sideline with that injury. Meanwhile, Jalen Brunson scored 10 of his 30 points in the fourth quarter, including a three-pointer to cap a 12-3 run to erase Miami's eight-point lead and give the Knicks the lead. With just over four minutes to go. They did not give that lead back up. Series is tied one-one going back to Miami. David, is it enough to just chalk this one up to Jimmy being hurt and the Knicks getting a couple of their guys back? But uh because I couldn't help but think watching this this game late that and watching Jalen Brunson do what it is that he did, it just sort of felt like this is this might be a version of what other teams have felt in the playoffs going up against the Miami Heat and just seeing Jimmy Butler score basket after basket. Um, it wasn't quite the level of maybe Jimmy Butler, but it was 30 points for Jalen Brunson in total. Yeah. He was awesome for the Knicks tonight. It didn't really feel like anything the Heat threw at him uh, worked, right? You mentioned in the open there, Julius Randle was back, and he had a nice game for them, a big game from R.J. Barrett. but It was really Brunson bringing it home for the Knicks. And meanwhile, the Miami Heat did not have a closer. We'll get to you know how much blame Bam Adebayo has in that later on, and we'll get to some of your other questions from the listeners. But just in general, David, what did you think? It was a tough loss, obviously. I I think Miami was
0: incredibly gutsy in their performance. Um, You know, the Brunson situation, I think he responded in a way that he didn't in game one by recognizing that those lanes were going to be cut off by Miami's multiple defenders. They were doing a fantastic job of that mostly throughout the first three quarters. And then in the third and fourth quarter, he wound up kind of just hedging more towards the outside. Started off with a mid-range, took a couple longer jumpers, then went out to the perimeter and hit a couple of big threes down the stretch. Those were the momentum-shifting ones. And that was a great recognition by him. And look, he's he's still hobbled himself. He he was, at one point, he fell down on a dubious foul call. It looked like he was uh, stamping his foot down, trying to re-energize his ankle to some degree, and yet... Uh, despite the injury, he did knock down those shots late. I, I don't think Miami could have played him any differently. I think, you know, as I said it in our game two preview yesterday, I thought they would attack Brunson very similarly to what they did in game one. That was the plan and it worked for the most part, and then he just wound up going to the outside and hitting big threes, and once they eventually made that adjustment of trying to limit his touches, then they wound up closing out on him and it was leaving Josh Hart open, particularly from the corner. He wound up hitting a couple of threes down the stretch. He had 10 points in the fourth as well, although some of those were on some late free-throw calls uh, as he was getting to the line yeah. and, and you know closing time, but I don't know. I, I, I see this game and you're without Jimmy Butler and you got big performances from other key role players. And my main takeaway from this is it wasn't a particularly scary performance from the New York Knicks. The fact that Miami was able to stay with them as close as they did. And we've seen teams in the past. We've seen this Heat team in the past without Jimmy Butler in the lineup respond with a big game and find a way to win even without their star, their closer. And it doesn't feel unsustainable. You know, the difference between this game two loss and what we saw against Milwaukee was the severity with which the Milwaukee Bucks attacked Miami, getting those open looks from the perimeter, hitting a record number of threes in that game. While a lot of those three-point opportunities were available for New York, they wound up missing a lot. Brunson, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Brunson hit a lot of his, but, You know, Randall wasn't hitting from the perimeter. R.J. Barrett wasn't hitting from the perimeter late in the game. Josh Hart was struggling, et cetera. They were still playing a pretty good overall effective game, at least in my opinion. And they were still in it. I'm not scared Um, of these New York Knicks. Not as much after seeing this game, to be honest with you. I was much more concerned about the progress of the series. I don't see any reason why Miami couldn't win the next two games at home and take a 3-1 lead by the time they go back to New York. The Knicks
1: did what they had to do. They came into this game, Jalen Brunson's a great player. You knew that he was going to adjust to the coverages that he saw in game 1, and he did. And to your point, uh, in that fourth quarter, he found places on the court that he could get to and take advantage of Miami's defense, and that's what he did. You got to just take your hat off to him, right? Like that's just what great players do, and he's a great player. Um nice. the Knicks shot 40% from three-point range tonight. They out-rebounded the Heat 63 to 43. Uh second chance points, they outscored the the Heat 16 to 7 on second chance points. That's how the Knicks won basketball games in the regular season. Um, to your point, though, 79 points between Randall, Barrett, and Brunson. You could pretty much expect uh, 25 points and 12 rebounds from Julius Randall. That's kind of what, you know, in general, that's kind of what he's yeah. been doing all season long. Jalen yeah. Brunson, 30 points, uh, and that, that sounds about right. That's, that's kind of where you'd want him to be in the playoffs, um, right? At, right in that area. I think you do feel good if you're the Miami Heat and the fact that you were able to limit the other Knicks players so much. I don't know how much it matters. You're saying you're not as scared of the the Knicks, that you're not that impressed with them, even despite them winning. Look, like like I said, they did what they had to do. You, they lose game one at home. You come back to Madison Square Garden. You got to win game two, right? We just saw the Milwaukee Bucks do this in round one, and then the Heat won the next three games. So this is just sort of the natural rhythm of the NBA, and, and you and I thought the Knicks were going to win this game because of that exact reason. And the Knicks are a good team, right? Not to take anything away from them. Um... I don't know. I don't know how much there is to take away. I, I think that the Knicks kind of got to their, they kind of got to their game in this one. And look, Jimmy Butler not being there is a massive factor in that, not just offensively, but defensively yep. too. Look, the Heat scored 119.3 point, uh, points per one hundred possessions. That would be that would have been the best offensive rating in the NBA over even the Sacramento Kings this year. The problem was that the Knicks had an offensive rating of 127.6. The issue here wasn't Miami's offense; it was their defense um even when you were holding those other Knicks players uh to basically nothing Randall basically got where he wanted to go in that first half and then Brunson got where he wanted to go in the second half and if I'm the heat yeah you want you you want Butler back because he's sort of your main guy down the stretch on Jalen Brunson and maybe that's when they missed him the most was defensively in the fourth quarter not even just the scoring that's been so loud for Jimmy Butler in these playoffs
0: you know what struck me though like part of why and it's not like I, I didn't say I was you know not scared of the Knicks but it just they didn't feel they don't feel like as dominant uh, a a threat.
1: Well to your as point. The did. The heat the heat led this game until 4 minutes to go. The Knicks right. go on that 12-3 run and then they get the lead but they only won by 6 with their players their them being mostly healthy yep, and the best heat players. being down Jimmy player. Butler, not to mention Tyler Hero and Victor Oladipo, so I understand where you're coming from, and a lot of people are, are coming from that same place. So I get it.
0: The th- in the third quarter, too, what really stood out to me was that they came out with more injury than Knicks did, and they they seemed like they really wanted to deliver that knockout blow, knowing that they're at home. That they were. It was only a one point deficit at the half. Miami was up one and they really responded with some pretty solid shooting from a number of players on the Knicks roster and yet repeatedly they just couldn't find a way to muster with the the New York crowd and all their celebrities on front row waiting to explode they just couldn't seem to get that one big play and Miami was able to take control like they were were they they stayed you know in, ahead of them in the third quarter they were ahead for most of the fourth and then, not till the very end of the game, when Brunson not not necessarily inexplicably, but there was a chance he might not have gone off the way he did.
1: There's certainly a well, chance that's my that Sharp doesn't. That, hit it, those it's two my first point. They had their closer. The Heat didn't. The Heat's closer was wearing was was a Aloe Yoga billboard on the on the sideline with a sprained ankle. You know, and that's. Maybe you know that's, what that is? is I, it, I
0: had no idea what that logo is. Aloe Yoga.
1: Are you not on Jimmy Butler's Instagram? It's like 17 no, posts a day about Aloe Yoga, man. It's like I don't like
0: anybody this one.
1: maybe it, it might be as simple as that that. That's it. They had their guy, the Heat didn't, the Heat lose point blank, right? And I understand that people want to say well, it was this close and that close? I don't I just I don't know how much that matters in terms of carry over to game 3 how close the score was. But to your overall point, like I don't know, like let's let's put a pin in this because even though that the Heat didn't have Jimmy Butler I think you did want a little bit more from Bam out of bio. And there's a lot of blame being handed out even after this loss. And I do wonder how much Bam deserves of that blame. We're going to talk about that next. But first, David, tell listeners about about our sponsor.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. If you've tried to find help and you just need somebody to talk to, if you're at a point in your life where you think, you might just want somebody to explain your feelings, or maybe you're going through a rough spot, or maybe you just want somebody, again, somebody to talk to, and BetterHelp is the right option for you. Like I've said before, I know a friend who was at a point where he just said, you know what, I think it's time I try a therapist. i would never been to a therapist before, and he found one through BetterHelp. I told him about it because of these ad reads, and he, he's found it. He found a therapist he was comfortable with, really enjoyed his first couple of sessions and then inexplicably just said, you know what, I I feel like I want to try somebody else. He did, has found another therapist. He's enjoying his weekly sessions. It's been going great for him, all because of BetterHelp. And that's part of what makes BetterHelp great is that you can find a network of therapists that will meet whatever requirements you have, whatever time limits you might have. They'll find a way to make it work for you and for them. And they have that network available to them. So just download the app today and and you'll find more balance with BetterHelp. So visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA and get 10% off your first month. That's
1: BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA. Thanks for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Every day is we're going to be back tomorrow with a look at what the Heat can improve on for game three. Uh, One of those things might be Bam Adebayo. We'll start with his uh, stat line. Five of 10 overall, 15 points, eight rebounds, six assists in 38 minutes. There were moments in this one, David, where he looked aggressive. Uh, Him and Kyle Lowry in that pick and roll uh, specifically was pretty effective at times getting downhill and things like that. Gabe Vincent. There's a partnership there. The dribble handoff stuff stuff with Bam was really important, especially early in the game, and it didn't really feel like the Knicks had a whole lot of answers for it. But he, you go through that fourth quarter, and I just kept waiting for Bam to just say, okay, enough with the dribble handoffs and the cute side-to-side stuff and all this, I'm just going to go attack. And yep. he didn't really do that in the fourth quarter in the way that I was kind of hoping for him to do it. And you can look at the points and you can look at all that, but the thing that sticks out to me the most at the end of the day, the 10 field goal attempts, Bam himself has said, I want to shoot 17 times a game. Pat Raleigh wants him to shoot 15 times a game. To only take 10 shots in a game without Jimmy Butler, that in a game that Gabe is taking 17, Caleb is taking 15, Max Strews takes 12, and he left the game for a big portion of it with a lower back injury. He did come back in the game. But you need more from Bam. And I I really, you know me, man. I hate doing just like that. Like, look at yeah. the box score, and you need to do more right. than that. That's not really – but when you're watching this game, you're just sort of waiting for the BAM moment. And yeah. Gabe had a moment. Like, Caleb had a moment. Gabe and Caleb together scored 16 of, uh, of Miami's 18 points on an 18-2 to run that ballooned their lead to eight points at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Like, that was their moment. Lowry had his moments, right? Like, these guys had moments. BAM never really felt like he had a moment in this game, and the Heat really needed him to have one.
0: I will say that their moments probably became came as a result of bam being limited in his opportunities that's,
1: and touches because the Knicks were focusing more on bam and that opened up things for them because I think that's a fair point. If that's the point you're making.
0: Yes, that's okay. exactly it. I, I think look, nobody was expecting Gabe Vincent to go off and then you could see that later on in the game. They realized, oh, well, we can't just leave this guy open small as he might be. He's going to attack. He's going to take shots from 25 feet out. He's going to do everything he can to score because he was so effective in tonight's game. Can I just
1: say one thing I, about Gabe? Because I don't know that we're going to get back to him. I'm, I'm glad you brought okay. him up. Yeah, He is getting so good at, first of all, he's got a really quick release. And I think yeah. that's a really underrated, not talked about part of his game. And he's getting so good at coming off those screens and just recognizing, okay, am I going to use the screen? Okay. Am I going to reject the screen? Where is that anticipating where that smidge of space is going to be? That he yep. can get to 25 feet away pockets, yeah. and just those little he's getting so good at that and that to me is something that i stand out not just in this game i kind of noticed it in this game but in these yeah. playoffs in general especially like yeah, the difference in space too. between milwaukee and new york exactly yeah. he's getting so good at that so i just wanted to say that before we moved off
0: no that. it's it's a great point and we should shout him out we're not really going to shout at anybody because it's a loss No
1: credit. and cookies. yet
0: gabe did a really good yeah, no yeah no credit cookies but you know, gabe had a great floor game Really, really effective in recognizing those spots when he was curling around screens or driving and fighting seems the defense to get to the rim, too. He was really effective in that. Uh, Probably would have had more points if not for a a blown officiating call that we'll talk about later on in the segment. uh, In in the next segment, excuse me. But as far as Bam is concerned, I I think – He was doing what he could. I think he was pretty effective. And I know we've been called BAM apologists by a lot of our critics. I I don't necessarily see it that way. I think the expectations have to be tempered with BAM. We've seen BAM have big offensive games very rarely throughout his NBA career. And I think we just have to understand that's not who he's going to be most of the time. And, And part of that tonight, at least, was because of the Knicks defense. They were limiting his touchdowns. I think Hartenstein was doing a really good job of being physical with Bam, challenging him, not letting him get position. Mitchell's a big uh, Mitchell Robinson is a big body. Uh he challenges Bam at the rim, et cetera. Randall, whenever he switched onto Bam, also similarly physical with him. So not a lot of opportunities there for Bam overall. I don't know that he was necessarily. Passive, which I think has been the complaint about Bam. There have been a lot of times where he, you know, there was a mouse yeah, in the he house. Was. He's been guarded by his ball. You thought he was passive tonight? Yep.
1: Yep. I I, I'd
0: like you to rewatch again because I was not, I did not see a lot of opportunities there where he just wasn't. Well, that's the difference. I shot.
1: mean, they're not just going to hand you opportunities. You got to go get them. And I never thought that Bam went out and, and got them. I mean, the, the, the most aggressive he looked is when the Knicks blew a coverage. On a fake dribble handoff, and he had a wide open lane to the rim, and he dunked it. That was the most aggressive that he looked. That's just the Knicks handing you a driveway to the basket, like just laying the bricks down for you. And I, I look, I'm looking at his shot chart right now. He took like yeah. two or three of those free throw line jumpers, depending on how do you want to define them. Uh, he only made one of them. Like that stuff, that jumper is open, and I understand why. I don't the think he it don't, was. I I don't think it was. It's there yeah. if really you don't. want it. It is there if you want it. It's there if you want. I, I think I know as they soon as he up got a the little ball in his more. hands. Yeah, they were, Especially yeah. Hartenstein in there. He doesn't yeah. drop as much as Mitchell Robinson. He was having a good game. But my point is, like, if you're Bam, you got to find a way to make those baskets happen. If Hartenstein is going to play up on you, all right, man, you're faster than him. Blow by him. Get that's to the, the rim. That's that's fair. And, look, I understand that the Knicks were pinching a lot defensively, and they were trying to take that stuff away. And that's what a Thibodeau defense is going to do for the most part. If Bam is on one side of the floor, they're going to send more help on that side of the floor, and they're going to leave a guy open on the other side. And Bam is so unselfish that he's going to see that, and that's that's the trademark Thibodeau defense that has been for 15 years. Um, and he's going to whip it around. He's swing, swing, hockey assist, whatever, or or just a cross court pass to the guy who's left open. Yeah, I understand that, but you got there, there's got to be a, like I'm not asking you to go out and take 28 shots, man, but to take 10. There was an opportunity. I think there's opportunities throughout the game to get five more. And I think I would have just liked to see five more. Maybe I'm nitpicking, but this was a game that was won by six points, right? Like this game was there. And if you just got a little bit more from Bam, I didn't need 30 points from him tonight. But if you got a little bit more, the Heat could have won this one.
0: That's fair. I I feel like we saw some Knicks fans say the same thing. It's like, oh, if he had just gotten more shots, et cetera. Yeah, maybe that's just the nature of every NBA game. He also had six assists tonight. So I wonder how much of that was... Bam bing bam, the nature of Bam and who he is, and maybe spo's overall game plan of trying to get Max Struce, Gabe Vincent, et cetera, going for the perimeter, because I think that part of Miami's offense was very effective. And look, yeah. the I didn't what I why I say that I didn't have necessarily a problem with Bam's overall aggression or lack thereof was because Miami's offense, for the most part, until late in that fourth quarter, seemed to have a flow and purpose to it that New York's did not. So I I look. I'm happy with the conversation of challenging Bam and asking him to do more, but I don't. I think criticizing him might be going a step too far. At least that's just my take. Because I don't, again, I, I know I'm not gonna be over.
1: I hope it's not coming off as of me being overly critical. I really no. Look, they did to your point. True. They scored 119.3 points per hundred possessions. They took 49 three pointers in this game, and I liked most of those looks. And that was to your point. Spoh's game plan. No Jimmy Butler. Okay, let's 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 get variance on our side a little bit more by just right. chucking up three. No, I shouldn't say chucking because they were overall good shots and Bam was very much yes. responsible for getting those good looks. 49, three point attempts is, is a playoff high off the top of my head. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure on that. So, Probably. um, I get it. I just would have liked to see, a, I, I guess I, I think it's fair to ask him to do a little bit more down the stretch when you're watching Jalen Brunson go to work the way that yeah. he did. And I, and I think he was a big part of the game plan. I, I kind of was watching like you, First three quarters, wow, flow's pretty good. Bam's a big part of that. The, the, the playmaking in the middle of the floor. He's sort of the fulcrum of everything. He's the way, right. he's the way that the ball gets from one side to the other, right? It's basically Bam and, and Kyle Lowry. Um, yeah. but I also was wondering like, is he just doing this for three quarters? And then is he gonna take over in the fourth and have his moment? And he just again, he just never really had his moment. And he was a moment away. I was uh, expecting uh, six it. six straight points away. You know, that's it.
0: I was, I'll be honest. I was expecting that in the fourth, but when it was down to the last four or five minutes, when you could feel it was, well, this is the last potentially five minutes of New York season, you know, with Miami having a slim lead, or at least kind of tightly, like, you know, tight game right there, and you're wondering, can Bam take over? Who can take over in the absence of Jimmy Butler during those stretches? Was it Kyle Lowry? Was it Gabe again, etc.? Nobody really stepped up for Miami, and the hope is, I think, for a lot of Heat fans, that Bam is your highest-paid player, next-highest-paid player, that he's capable of it. You know, with Tyler out there, it probably would have been Tyler, because he's never been shy about that moment, and yeah. he can always comfortably get to his shots, at least mostly during the regular season, and possibly even this Postseason, well, against the next defense, those those openings have been there
1: just like they were for Gabe. Fair. So
0: Um, another thing I will say about Bam, though, is like you, you pointed out that he is quicker than Harstein. As much as he's playing physically on him, playing up on Bam to be able to squeeze past him. And he'll probably more often than not get those foul calls, too. And I think he's going to draw contact in there. Only taking seven free throw attempts. Not nearly good enough today. Uh, I think he could have done more in that sense. So, I, yeah, I think... Yeah, we saw it, that.
1: We saw him do that against Brooke Lopez in game one, yes. I think it was, against the Bucks. Yeah. Where he just... He pulls the ball out, and Brooke is sort of dropping. Like, Harnstein's not going to come out 25 feet. He's not. Right. Uh, and so, you could pull the ball out and then just run at him. And, and maybe know, get to... And look, easier said than done. I understand that. You know the
0: wrinkle... The wrinkle that I they brought out against the the Bucks, you know, having Bam bring up the ball and initiate offense, he I actually that did worked. quite a I mean, bit of
1: that tonight with the Knicks. But then it was very, he was just very quick to get off of it. Um, yeah, you know. So look, I, I really, I don't, I didn't want to do a whole segment bashing Bam because I really, I don't think he was that much at fault. I'm well, just saying they were probably a Bam moment away from winning this game, even without yeah. Jimmy Butler and all those things. They could get Jimmy Butler back. For game three we'll have the latest update on jimmy uh after this plus did eric spolstra maybe blow a chance at a big play to swing this game late we'll talk about that next here on locked on heat thanks again for making locked on heat your first listen every day every day is we're going to be back tomorrow with a look at what the heat can improve on for game three you can reach locked on heat on twitter instagram you can email us locked on heat at gmail.com thanks to everybody who sent in questions on twitter using the hashtag Ask L.O. Heat before we get to those questions real quick on Jimmy Butler. He was questionable going into game two. You asked coaches and, pl- and they said day to day. He was a late scratch before the game. Spo basically saying, hey, it's, it's in the hands of the medical staff, in the, tra- in the hands of the trainers. If it was up to me and, and, and Jimmy, he'd be out there right now. Obviously, it is not up to them, uh, as Spo pointed out. Um, everybody expects Jimmy Butler to be back for game three, even Tom Thibodeau after the game, when he was asked whether or not he thinks Jimmy's going to play in game three, he said, we all know the answer to that question. So I think yeah. the expectation now is that Jimmy Butler is going to get five days off between game one and game three. It's going to go back to Miami. We've got a question about that home quarter advantage here in a second. Um, but just real quick on, 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 on Jimmy Butler, are you in the same boat or do you expect him to play game three? And what do you think about potentially I, getting five I, days I, of rest?
0: Yeah, I think it's great. I think he probably could have played tonight if we really had to. If you don't like win game, game seven. one. Yeah, if you don't win game one and you don't want to risk going down to Miami, down 0-2 against these Knicks, Maybe you might even try him out on the floor, see what he can give you during a limited stretch, because otherwise, again, that puts you in such a deficit in the yeah, yeah. series that you might not be able to come back from. So I, I imagine that he probably could have played today. He seemed active. He didn't seem like he was limping. Again, very active going around town both today and yesterday. Yep. Went through shoot around this morning. He bought those Birkenstocks
1: uh, so- this afternoon, I think, that he was wearing on the Man. sidelines. I, I so, don't want to talk about that I, again. Well, I guess, I guess that's a, a little money. one of those
0: nuggets that you pick from, uh, from his IG stories there, but I'm a journalist I, I, David, I, doing
1: research. Yeah, man. Is,
0: is that what that is? Uh, anyway, yeah, I think he could have played and I expect him to be out there in game three yep. and I don't think that he's going to
1: be a liability. I think we're going to see
0: the Jimmy Butler of the playoffs. Maybe nice, not the same wrinkle
1: for the heat, right? That game, the difference between game two and game three is five days. Um, yeah. Nice little schedule for on them. Saturday. Yeah. So I mean five full days, right? So yeah. um yeah, I expect him to be out there game 3M with you. I, I think he'll he'll look good. Um, at least in terms of that right ankle. Uh let's get to this question from Phil who writes in Should Spo have used a challenge on that 24 second violation that should have mm-hmm. been a gabe Vincent layup late? David, what do you think? The
0: answer is yes. And we also know that Spo is never gonna do that. Like I it was I, I didn't even consider it at the time because I, I was just again caught up in the momentum shifting towards the Knicks. Brunson had hit a three before, and then there was that uh, one shot clock possession where they wound up, you know, having to scramble because they, the defense was the Knicks' defense was actually pretty good. It wound up being in Caleb Martin's hands as the shot clock was expiring. He took a shot, and it looked like he was fading away. It's just tossed just it never going to hit that at shot. The end yeah, of the, just Toss yeah. it up towards the end it. of the shot clock, but it. it Barely grazed the rim, but as it did so, it caromed off the rim, landed right in Gabe Vincent's hands. It could have been an easy two point opportunity for him. Well, he tossed it in. Uh,
1: he scored, yeah, and so it
0: was. It I, was waved I, off. It, it was and waved then off. Brunson because, hits another three on the next possession too. So and it, it was a five point
1: swing. A five point swing, exactly. Thank you. And and look, I there was three minutes left, and the Heat had two timeouts left. They could have made. They could have challenged it. You saw Gabe and Caleb motioning towards Spo to challenge it. I think Spo kind of blew it in that in that moment I, I would have challenged that and i was I, I was i'm i was actively wondering why he was not challenging it and i know yeah. we gave Eric poster credit in the first series against milwaukee of unlike mike Boonehole, game one not using those challenges so oh, early good, in the yeah. game the way that bud did and i i get that the, i don't know if he's got some rule where he's not going to challenge anything until there's two minutes left I bet even then like officials can review stuff at that point like i i don't really know why I think in that moment, this is what I think you have to challenge. I think you have to trust your players. If Gabe and Kayla are both coming at you, Gabe was right there under the basket. He saw it, graze right. the rim. And right. I think if you're Spo, you gotta trust your players in that moment. That's not. And I'm usually not uh hey, trust your players if they if they give you a little finger twirl challenge the, the play on like when they when everybody thinks they they get that like oh I thought I blocked the shot I didn't get any hand or you know that I I didn't I, my feet weren't moving that should now, you have called the charge but on something like that. Where Gabe has probably the best angle and the best view in the entire arena on it, yes. I would have trusted him and I would have challenged it. Given the the stakes of that moment, like you're saving timeouts in order to yes. score, you scored there, but you just took two but, points off the board.
0: My counter to that is, if they had reviewed it, determined that it had been a, a grazed, it would have been Miami possession. After that, and it would have been a sidelines out of bounds play with only 14 seconds left. And I think Spo would rather have just trusted his team to get back on defense, get a stop, and then try and score again. They wouldn't have counted Vincent's basket. You're, so uh, at least that's yeah. my understanding. No, I mean, of you're the probably calls.
1: right, but then you don't. You're at least getting the you're getting possession, you're back. getting the ball back. I you're wonder. Right. I do wonder if I mean, yeah, you would have gotten possession back with they would have counted it as a Gabe rebound, and you would have had 24 seconds left, basically. No. No, um, you would have gone. you would have gone the same possession. Well, oh, 14 seconds left. 14, 14 seconds. seconds left. Left. So you yeah.
0: sidelines out of bounds, having to inbound yeah. the ball. And look, you, the Knicks had done a really good job of stymieing Miami on that. Possession, I just, what else so. are you holding
1: your timeouts for? I guess is, are you getting no, you're holding yeah. for the last I, two minutes? I don't know. Uh, I, obviously we have no idea if that would have won or lost the game. I just, I, I think it's worth pointing out. And I found it a little interesting that Spolster did not use the challenge. in, in an instance where I think a lot of other coaches would have oh, challenged, yeah. would have challenged that play. Todd asks, "Are you concerned about the Heat giving up home court advantage with so many New Yorkers in Miami?" David, I know you feel strongly about this.
0: Yeah, I, I think you know there are so many Knicks fans in Miami, and yet Miami has always put forth a good effort, even when they're taking on the Knicks. In my well, I shouldn't say always. They put out they put out a good effort against the Knicks in other home games that we've covered this year, despite the sizable Knicks crowd there. So I don't think it's necessarily a loss of uh, home court advantage or anything like that, but they had a golden opportunity to beat the Knicks and go up 2-0 in the series and then go back to Miami against a demoralized Knicks team and a crowd that probably wouldn't have been as vociferous as we know they are. They're going to be there on Saturday afternoon. They're going to have a few drinks in them early on in the day. They're going to be loud. They're going to be raucous. There's going to be a lot of MVP chance for Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson and things of that sort. They're going to be all red-faced and angry because that's just what a New Yorker or a New York Knicks fan in particular is. Uh, and despite the fact that there's no... Uh, mid-aughts celebrities along the sidelines of the of uh, Kaseya like Center. <laughs> you think Ben Stiller is going to take Miami? down to Miami? Yeah,
1: <laughs> You're right. You're right. Hey, man. Well, plenty of celebrities hey. there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know, but they're not going to be DJ wearing DJ Khaled will be at one there. of these
1: games, oh, probably. You oh, know Spike what I mean? Spike Lee will be there.
0: Yeah. DJ Khaled will be there. Yeah, Spike Lee will be there, right? Spike I mean, Lee, does he it. travel?
1: Yeah, I think so. For games? I think so. Oh, okay. I don't know. Um... It's been a while since we've had a Knicks uh, Heat playoff game. Yeah, so. it's been
0: a while since the Knicks have been in the playoffs.
1: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, why not? Yeah, I'm um, uh, not concerned about this. I'm actually, I think it's almost a benefit. I, Heat fans, I love you guys, but you you kind of need a little prodding every once in a while to really get up and going. And I thought the Heat fans were awesome in those home games against the Milwaukee Bucks, and oh, yeah. players even credited him for that. And I have not, I have not heard that arena as loud. I don't think it was that loud, maybe since probably since the conference finals of last year against the celtics and so yeah. um but everyone you need a little bit of a reason you need a little bit of a prod and knicks fans doing their best to out you is a pretty good reason so i it's going to be i think two fan bases there obviously and i said this going into new york there's plenty of heat fans in new york and we, yeah, we saw that at Madison Square Garden. yeah we heard like, and i we we share home courts like we share cities okay but yeah. i think in this instance. The two fan bases are gonna like they're they're gonna they're gonna feed off of each other. It's like the energy from both fan bases are just gonna bounce off of each other. I think it's gonna be really loud. I think it's gonna be an awesome environment. Um, and I can't wait. So am I concerned about the New Yorkers? No, I'm not. Am I concerned that the Heat could give up home court advantage? Sure. You got two games at home, anything can happen. You don't want to give up that home court advantage that you that you stole after winning game one in New York, but Uh, Do I think the fans are gonna have anything to do with it? No, I don't. I think if anything, it's gonna be a benefit to the Heat because you're gonna get the best of. I think uh, you're just gonna get a lot of energy from that crowd, and I think the Heat feed on that. So yeah, we'll see. Jimmy Um, in particular,
0: like we saw, we saw like WWE version of Jimmy Butler raising his hand, calling out the Bucks fans. You know, late in that that game five win. Like, I don't think he's phased by
1: however many Knicks fans they might be at the Kaseya Center. I don't think it's gonna bother him at the least. Thanks again for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked on Heat on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Every day, we're going to be back tomorrow with a look at what the Heat can improve on for game three. That's it. Thanks for joining us. Happy birthday, Jules, and thanks for uh, joining me, David. You got it.
0: Happy birthday to Jules as well.